Hey, what's up, fuckers? What's up? Hey, guys. Hi. What's up, Will? Will. We here? only do that with your dumbass being gone. Well, it's time <laughs> the tables have been turned. Oh, how the turntables, as Michael Scott would say. <laughs> Will is not with us tonight. And he's not walking a dungeon this time. Well, technically, yeah, he is. Yeah, he's, yeah. <laughs> the worst dungeon. The he's, he's adulting tonight, which he is very sad about. So, uh, we called an audible. We, uh, we had originally planned on giving you the top five, uh, AEW to WWEs and WWEs to AEWs that we'd like to see happen. And we figured that would be, that would be better to do with Will here instead of just getting his list to let him give his, explanation and reasoning behind everything so instead today we're going to do the top five managers uh that's something that doesn't happen a lot very often anymore but yeah managers are a lost art nowadays speaking of a lost art actually being a good host welcome to the turn the buckle podcast (laughs) every Every fucking weekend i just listened to the podcast today you know what i can guarantee it's gonna be you say what's up fuckers I'm going to say, welcome to the Turn of the Buckle podcast. Then you won't forget and, it. And that, that's where you're wrong. This doesn't happen every fucking weekend. It happens every fucking week. Shut up. Tuesdays. Whatever. Wednesdays. Whenever this goes out. We record on Tuesday. It goes out Tuesday night. So technically it is Tuesday. Uh, but what's up, fuckers? I am your host, Jason Hampton. Josh Cox. Lady Hampton. And like we said, Will Clark is locked in the work dungeon. So he's not here with us tonight. But uh, hold tight, we'll do a uh, quick review of everything that happened in the week. Will's not here to do his homework, so we're just going to kind of spitball it and be like, Smackdown sucks, Raw sucks, AEW's good. So. But we had babies. We had babies over the weekend. We did have babies over the weekend, but we had elaborate. Three, we had triplets. Elaborate. People are going to be like, wait. They're furry. Have- Still be specific. <laughs> we had baby kittens. Baby tigers. Oh, uh, yeah, tigers. Tigers. Tiger cubs. tigers. Who has kittens? Right. We had cubs. <laughs> All right, but uh, we'll be right back to go over a quick overview of the news and then on to our top five list, guys. All right, guys, we are back to go over, quickly go over because... Hell, we'll be honest. The only thing we actually watched was Dynamite last week. Uh, Been a busy week, and we never how we're on SmackDown are. Well, somebody wasn't home Friday. Well, I'm sorry, okay? I had plans. And when somebody's not home, I can't remember because I'm old and have been hit in the head too many times to watch fucking Dynamite. And for some reason, somebody has not set that to record on DVR. <laughs> I, it should be set to record all the new episodes. For Dynamite, no, not about Rampage. I, I meant Rampage. Dynamite right. is set to record. Oh, so Rampage right. is not. See, look, I get confused on what the damn show names are. That's how <laughs> fucking old I am. Maybe maybe it's like a reverse effect. Maybe if I hit you again with the chair, maybe that'll bring some shit back. You know, I've actually seen that happen. Really? <laughs> yep. You ever heard the story about when Ben knocked the retard out of Jeff the Ref? <laughs> what? No. Let me hear the story. Oh, I'll tell you off podcast. Okay. 
God. Oh, actually, I'll probably call Ben and let Ben tell you the story because just hearing Ben tell it, it's it's a great fucking story. But uh, what's up, dude? Here comes the son of Cox. It's okay. Say hey, everybody. Hi. Tell your name. My name is David. David. Hear that? David. David Cox. <laughs> David Cox. That's right. That's my dude. High five, dude. All right. Oh, he wanted to stop in. He uh, he thought it was funny that we was in here recording, and we told him he could record some too. So we figured we'd let him say what's up. Well, all right. Let's go ahead and we'll kick things off with smack it down. Smack this with the down. Okay, uh, starts off. Charlotte Flair comes out. Cuts the Charlotte Flair promo. Out comes Sasha. They have their little back and forth. You know how they talk. Then, oddly enough, Shotzi comes out. and Shotzi Which t- is a great change of pace. Yeah. Shotzi... Yep. The only thing... The only thing I don't like about it is... You know, you can tell that that's all it was. It was just that quick change of pace, and they're not going to do anything out of it. Yeah, apparently uh, Shots came out, challenged Flair to a match. If said, you want to find somebody you haven't faced before, I got you. So, you know, Flair points to the crowd. You know, they get their match. They get ready to battle. So it makes it official for later in the night, Shotzi versus Charlotte. So that was a good little thing. So they go to commercial break, come back, and they actually had it after the commercial break. You know, it was a good little thing. Good little match. Of course, Flair hits a national selection after Sasha causes the interference. Charlotte Flair wins, of course, because it's, it's... It was one of those, because we do watch the recap shows and listen to stuff like that. They yeah. said it was a... You know, Sasha was out there just being a baby face and everything and wound up distracting Shotzi, who just, you know, turned into... Turned into... The natural selection at the wrong time, blah, blah, blah. Distraction finished, so it's not one of those. It didn't quote hurt Shotzi because it wasn't like it was a straight up one on one. She just got showed up by the better person. It was the distraction, so they could do something out of it. But you can tell that it's just leading to more Sasha and Charlotte. It's not leading into Shotzi doing anything. Yeah, and as good as. It's just a match we've seen a thousand times already. I'd like something different. Like have a little feud with Sasha and Sotsy, Charlotte, Sotsy, anything. Well, you know what's going to happen. Sasha's going to win the belt at the pay-per-view, defend it at the next SmackDown, and lose it because that's what she did mm-hmm. every Raw- time when they were feuding over the Raw women's title. She would win it at the pay-per-view, lose it at Raw. Yep. I mean, Sasha's had like 962 Raw women's world titles, but... She's held them for a total of 965 days, probably, you know? Just because she got so many one-day title reigns because, you know, Charlotte had to catch up with her daddy so quick. Well, yeah, and I'm surprised they didn't count the NXT title, the tag titles, to just say, oh, world tag team, world NXT, you know, just to add it to, so she can get there faster. Next up was um, Drew McIntyre comes to the ring, issues out an open challenge, said he was in ass-kicking mode. Again, kind of another change of pace. Out comes Ali. Uh, you know, Ali comes out there. They they come out to the ring. He's like, 
Ollie told Drew that you may be stronger and uh, uh, taller, but I'm faster and quicker, and you won't be able to beat me. I will beat you. So they had a match. Short match. It was just more of an enhancement match for Drew to build him up because he's gonna. He's still gonna be standing in the main event picture, so they gotta make him look strong. So after Ollie goes for a tornado DDT, pretty much he just throws him off, hits him with a claymore. One, two, three. Drew wins. So, but Ollie grabbed a microphone after the match. Says the fans chose to cheer for Drew. They chose to be against him because of his name, Mustafa. So yeah, of course, you people the, promo yes. with the foreign heel and the stupid shit. Nobody it, cares that the name's Mustafa. Nobody cares his name's Ali. Nobody cares where the fuck he's from. I mean, that's the that's the whole that, deal. That, in the eighties, that was great. Worked perfectly, but it. It doesn't work like that anymore. Well, it doesn't work like that anymore now, especially because there's the, you know, the Black Lives Matter thing and racism's at the forefront and everything. And that's just being like, just looking at everybody and going, you're racist. That's why you don't like me, because you're racist. And no, not everybody is. There are some idiots out there that are, but you know, Nine times out of ten, if they're not going to like somebody, it's not going to be because of the color of their skin or what their name is. It's going to be, I mean, hell, Seth Rollins is a white-ass name and people don't like him. I mean, Roman Reigns, yeah, he's Samoan, but he's supposed to be healed. He's not going out there going, you don't like me because I'm Samoan. You don't like me because I'm kicking everybody's fucking ass. I'm winning, yeah, exactly. I mean... Drew Scottish, does he need to cut the you people Scottish promo? I'm sure they'd figure out a way to. I mean, I mean, that's. I feel like they can't come up with a good character or good promos because they have to write a base promos for anybody that's a heel. If they just so happen to be foreign, that's that's the easy go to for them. I mean, just because that's what it was in the '80s. That you had Hulk Hogan with the real American going out and taking on the Iranian and the Russian and the you know. Iraqi sympathizer and you know all that shit. All right, so next up comes uh, Xavier Woods being knighting Kofi Kingston. So of course Xavier Woods going to play the king card. He comes out tonight, Kofi Kingston. Of course that gets interrupted by the Usos. The Uso says, "Says y'all ain't together no more. Things have changed since y'all been back together." That SmackDown's the the Bloodline show, and of course you know. Uh, Usos challenged Xavier and Kofi to a match. They accept. Um, the little brawl. Usos powder out. Save it for the remand, for the later on in the night. Alrighty, come back from commercial. I mean, my oh, biggest thing on that one: Can we come up with an original feud? Yeah, I mean, can they work together and have right matches? Absolutely. Their Hell in a Cell match was fucking fantastic. But again, it's played out. It's over. It needs to be. We need to have something fresh, something better. Right. I mean, you go through, and no matter how good of a match they can have, you'll get sick of watching the same match over and over again. Yeah, and you can... And, Hell, and, as, good and Omega, as good as Omega and Brian was, if you got Omega and Brian every week, eventually you'd be like, okay, guys, let's fucking do something else. Exactly, and it's like, they make 2020, who was the talk of 2020? Drew McIntyre. Now you see him floating around the top, and you're like, eh. Because they've overexposed him, put him in the same positions. I mean, he had the... When he lost the title, 
He had the same match there for the longest time. It was over and over again. Him and Randy, yeah. Yeah. Like, you can have one match and have the champion win decisively, and you can push that challenger to the wayside. You don't have to have two or three more rematches to have a blow-off. I mean, the championship match should be the blow-off unless there's going to be something like a cage match down the road or something like that. But you can't have a cage match. Then you and if you're going to do... If you're going to extend a feud out, you have the heel doing shit and going over and, you know, getting wins. But it's cheap, shitty ways or, you know, getting counted out or something like that. And it has to make sense. You don't do the same thing every time. I mean, you don't have the heels... uh, uh get a chain out and punch somebody with it, and then the very next match, the heel gets a chain out and punches somebody with it. And then three matches later, you get the chain out and punch somebody with it. Because, hell, WWE does shit like that, except it's surprise roll-up, distraction finish, distraction, DQ. I mean, it's... You have so many DQs... uh, You have so many DQs, they do a damn disqualification counter on ups and downs on what culture? Uh, so many ro- uh, roll-ups, surprise roll-ups. He actually calls it the most devastating move in sports entertainment, the surprise roll-up. It's, it, it's, it's just, uh, it's so exhausting. Like, I've never been exhausted watching something. That's why we don't watch WWE much anymore. We'll watch the highlights, we'll watch the recaps on WrestleTalk, and that's pretty much fills us in and let us know, okay, it wasn't a show worth watching. We might occasionally turn it on for background noise because we don't like sitting in silence. Like Jason said in the past, we'll glance up if we see a cool move. Oh, shit, that was bad. Well, hell, we hadn't even been doing that. Yeah. Uh, the past few... Hell, we've got... We're binging old shows now. We're watching House. So last night, we watched like... Four episodes. Two or... Th- well, it wasn't that many because yeah. I got off work late. Right. I mean, we watched like two, three episodes of House instead of turning wrestling on. Yeah. So, I mean, there's... Oh, uh, what is it? WWE likes to say another wrestling company isn't competition. Our competition is everything else. Sleep is our competition. Blah, blah, blah. Netflix is their competition. You know, shit like that. Well, you're damn right it's your competition because I could go and watch a good show from, you know, 2010, 2007, whenever these shows came out. And it's going to be 10 times better than anything I'm going to see on fucking Raw. Yeah. Like, I'm revisiting CSI New York because I love that show when it first came out. It was great. That was my favorite CSI. That was my favorite CSI, too. Uh, Miami comes at a close second. Yeah, and the original was always third. Yep. I don't know why. It was the original, but it was like, eh, I kind of like this one better. Yeah. Of course, I like Lieutenant Dan. I love Lieutenant Dan. I like Dan. Dan is cool. But yeah, back on track. Yeah. Um, oh, yeah. See, we don't have Will here to be like, hey, focus. I'm about to breeze through this one because I hate, I hate this one. <laughs> All right. Trick or Street Pop. Mad Cat Moss and Happy Corbin versus Nakamura and Boogs. Okay. Um, I, I started liking Happy Corbin. I don't like Mad Cat Moss. I'm sure. Um, talk, who's Mad Cat Moss? Riddick Moss. Riddick Moss. I'm sure he's a great worker, but uh, it's the same thing. Corbin, he's a heel, he gets a lackey, or he gets a faction. They face the same people over and over, make their life hell, rinse and repeat. Uh, so, towards the end of the match, um, two guys were in Halloween costumes. Well, not even that. Yeah, not only that, the uh, 
the whole Happy Corbin character, I've not liked it from the start. I mean, it's... It's like I've said before, it's teaching people the bad, the wrong thing. Yeah. He was upset because he was broke and he was down on his luck and he was, you know, depressed. And hell, I liked how the angle was going. But he got happy because he hit it big in Vegas or, you know, he got money like that. Mm -hmm. Okay, who gives a flying fuck? Money is not what makes you happy. Exactly. And that's a character that's not going people's going to invest in because it's not a realistic thing that's going to happen to people. No, they should have turned, they should have turned Corbin baby, and the happy Corbin could have been where he realized that you know it didn't take money to be happy that you know, because I mean everything he was doing with Owens, it was looking like they were gonna like partner up eventually, you know the whole angle they had going on before, yeah. uh, before the draft and no one's went to Raw. You know, the backstage stuff they were doing, you know, he was coming up to Owens and he's like, hey man, come on, can you blah, blah, blah. And Owens was like, no, screw you, stunner. And then, you know, and I mean, they could have done something to where it's like, hell, WWE likes to do it. It's a fucking odd couple tag team. Uh, yeah, perfect one. Booker T and Goldust. A great odd couple tag team. Worked great. You could have done it with him. Yeah, but they're, the reason I said that is because there's like, 50 of them going on right now. Well, that's true. That's true. And I mean, the fact that Nakamura and fucking Corbin are still feuding after the draft and after there's been a new king of the ring. I mean, hell, that's what the whole feud started over was Nakamura being the... King of Strong Style. What? Uh, Nakamura being a baby face and stealing the heel Corbin's crown yeah. and playing keep away with it, making the crowd think Corbin was a baby face because Nakamura was being an asshole and stealing stuff. I mean, WWE booked the feud completely backwards. They had the baby doing the heel shit and the heel being like, no, I'm going to be a good guy and get my shit back. Then they had a match over the crown. Nakamura won. Had the crown for a little bit, and then they had the King of the Ring tournament. And then after Corbin lost the crown, that's when he started doing the whole, oh, I'm broke. And the whole disheveled look and all that shit. I mean, it it made no fucking sense whatsoever. But the whole Happy Corbin thing, I think it's even worse. Nope. I think Happy Corbin's worse than Shorty G. And that's saying something, because Shorty G was fucking horrible. So bad. End of the match, Boogs goes on the top rope. Two guys in costumes hit him with a kendo stick. Madcap gets the neck breaker, wins. Costumes, they take off the mask. It was Humberto Carrillo and Angel Garza. So, probably going to add them to the Baron Corbin mid-card vortex. That's I think that's copyrighted. We just got sued, thanks. Ollie, don't sue us. Next match was uh, Naomi versus Shayna Baszler. Um... Apparently, there was no referee in the match. I was about to say, Sonya inserted herself as referee because yeah. uh, she's not SmackDown's general manager because there are no authority figures, figures, remember? Yep. And Naomi's been trying to get after Sonya for so long. First, she started out with a handicap match. Next thing you know, she comes out the next week, and now she's having her beat the referee against Shayna. So, apparently, Naomi, I mean, uh, Shayna and Sonya are kind of doing their little thing. Didn't you know, I thought Naomi got drafted her off. She no, she's not going to get drafted to Raw because the Usos are on SmackDown. They keep the married couples together. 
Okay, so we'll, maybe we'll get to see the uh, the fallout of this, the blowout. Uh, it wasn't a long match. Naomi tried to roll up Shannon real quick, reversed it into a leg lock. There was a little uh, couple back and forth. Naomi got some good baby face spots, uh, but when Naomi went to do her uh, finishing move, the that ass thing, went to go for a pin. The rear view. Rear view. Went to go for the pin. Of course, Sonya refused to make the count. Then, again, here we go. Surprise roll up. One, two, three, fast count. Shannon wins. Uh, yawn. Apparently, tried, Naomi tried to go after Sonya after the match. Shannon rolls back in, puts in the Karafuda clutch, and that's how they go in that match. Okay. Next match, Usos versus The New Day. Uh, starts off with uh, Xavier Woods and Jay. They're in the ring. Well, we ain't got to go through yeah, everything that happened. Spot. I mean, you know it's going to be a good match. It's and then, a good match, yeah. I mean, those four guys, they work great together. We've seen it a million times. Mm-hmm. Uh, how'd they end this one up? Who Woods rolled up Jimmy with the schoolboy, got the pin. Another schoolboy, another... Another roll-up. Roll up. See, that, that's two right in a row. Boom, boom. Mm-hmm. Yep. And that was all for SmackDown. Okay, so your main event did the exact same thing as the throwaway women's match. Exactly. And I mean, the thing is, even when when we were training wrestling in the indies... One of the things that they always told us is watch the match before you. If you see something that they do, try not to do the finish. Try not to do this. You know, try not to do the same move twice in a match if you can help it. Don't do somebody's finish as a spot in your match. Exactly. Uh, so SmackDown was pretty weak. Uh. Okay, moving on. What happened on Raw this week? Alrighty, good old Monday Night Raw. <sighs> Raw kicked off. Becky Lynch comes out. Hey, just like SmackDown when Charlotte came out. Okay, Bianca and Becky back in there, going back and forth about the twenty-six seconds for Mania. Bianca says Becky is not a threat. Um, Becky said Bianca says Becky doesn't see how much of a threat she is in the ring. And when she gets that match with her, she's going to show her. And then when she gets that rematch, she's going to take the title off of her, blah, blah, blah. Um, apparently, after that, they go for a championship match with Bianca and Becky for the Raw Women's title. Of course, it goes through a couple of commercial breaks. Uh, blah, 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 blah. Becky, um, shit, I don't know if I can know. Who won the match? Becky won the damn match. Okay, Becky won the match. So... Bianca, sorry, your three-week push is over. Yep. I mean, that's basically all you can say about that. Vince, we've said it before, Vince gets tired of people after a certain amount of time. Yep. Apparently, uh, Becky ended the turnbuckle, exposed the turnbuckle, reversed the KOD, pushed her in, and then got her in the uh, that new move that she's doing now, the, the man slam. One, two, three. So the back bottom? Back, oh, I like that one better. Back bottom. I think way better than the man slam, the fucking back bottom. <laughs> the back end uh, or the back end. That's not bad. Uh, okay, so your main contender for the title, you just, it wasn't a clean win because of the exposed turnbuckle, but it's still, you just, you know, you just had them lose mm-hmm. in a big, high-profile first match of the night. Everybody watching, you know, showcase 
And then I know it said later on there's something being said. Uh, Becky's talking about wanting new competition, someone she's not faced before, mm-hmm. and Liv Morgan comes into frame. Yep, I saw that on the That'd be pretty cool. And again, you've got a naturally organic baby face that the fans are getting behind for one reason or another. Is she the best worker? No, not necessarily. But she's busting her ass. She's trying to get better. The crowd loves her. God's sakes, what's it going to hurt to give her a chance? She's been beat too many times. Exactly. There you go. That's the thing. That's what I was about to say before you started talking about all the good things about her. And that's the thing. I, it's not cheap victories. They're clean finishes. They're clean wins. Yeah, she she beats uh, Carmella at the last pay per view, and then the next. Time. And then the next the next week, Carmella beats her, and then there's a tag match that she takes the pin on, and then there's something else that she loses, and then hell, I, there was a tag match uh, with her in it on Raw later. Uh, Carmella and Zelina against Liv and. Uh, somebody else. I can't remember. That's your cue to look it up. Uh, <laughs> uh, but yeah, it's a yeah. women's tag match later on. It's, it's, um, let's see. Doot, 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 doot. Uh, Zelina Vega and Carmella versus, well, that's, uh, Zelina Vega and Carmella versus Nikki Ash and Rhea Ripley. That was oh, it was Nikki and Rhea. Okay, I'm sorry. I'm, no, I'm sorry. I misremembered. But if, if you make your baby faces look weak, when you put your top heels against them, especially your heel champions or anybody, does the heel win anything by beating them? Or was they stupid to even accept that challenge to make them look like they could be a threat to take the title? How can you beat credibility for a championship match if the challenger has already been beaten multiple times? Well, that's the thing. I mean, the championship contender stuff they do is stupid. It is. It's the stupidest thing, but it's at least somebody getting wins. I mean, granted, it's wins over your champion, which you don't want to do. Unless you're taking the title. To begin off. with, and like, yeah, unless you're going to take the title off of them, but they never wind up taking the title off of them. I mean, they'll have a here's a championship contenders match. If you win this, you get a number one contender shot. Oh, not necessarily. If you're talking about women's tag titles, freaking, they had three matches and they never got a title shot. But, but I mean that it's just weird how it goes. You number or championship contenders. Okay, now you can wrestle for a shot at the titles, and you get that, and then then you get a title shot. You get your title shot, and you can beat your champion twice, and then you get the title shot, and you don't beat them for some reason. Then but everything you, was stupid because you just made your champion lose twice for no good fucking reason. Exactly. Next matchup was uh, Austin Theory versus Rey Mysterio. Dominic Mysterio is at ringside. Uh, Austin Theory. Great young talent. Has a bright future. Whether he stays with WWE, they fuck him over, or he goes somewhere else. Uh, finish of the match. Um, Ray gets him down for the 619. Dominic hits him with a forearm. Ray hits the 619, but after that, the referee calls for the bell because of Dominic's interference, which was fucking stupid. But it wasn't fucking stupid because he hit, he hit him right in front of the ref. So, yeah, it's a disqualification, but... They should have called the DQ before Ray hit the six one nine. I mean, they probably did. It's just probably not wrote out very well in the in the little yeah in the review my review. But no, it's a. Uh, they're still planting the seeds for the slow, Dominic heel turn, which is going to be, which is going to be fun. What I thought was funny was after the match, they're again planting the seeds for Dominic 
heel turn against Ray. They're in the ring arguing, and Austin grabs his cell phone and takes a selfie of them arguing in the ring. Yeah, that's funny shit. I love, and I don't know why, but I love the selfie angle. Oh, yeah, it's, it's going great. It makes you think that Austin Theory is like this big fan or honestly just an annoying person. But it makes sense because it fits with the modern age. People's always on their cell phones taking videos of people, taking selfies. So it fits with the modern day. I mean, it's like it's the new level of the annoying heel gimmick that always gets over. You know, you can get get on people's nerves, get under their skin. It's the whole, uh, you know, the whole I'm going to kick your ass and then I'm going to make you look bad by posting this on the internet of me beating you up. Exactly. All right, next, Seth Rollins comes out with a contract that he won last night. Says... Last week. Last week, whatever. Says it feels right. This is his show again. He, it's back to being Monday Night Rollins. He was drafted to be the face of Monday Night Raw again. Blah, blah, blah. Out comes Big E. They have their little back and forth. He says, you need to respect me as the champion. You respect my king. Talk about Xavier. So, um, Kevin Owens comes out. They get in there. Apparently, Kevin throws out his, made a reference to his contract. He's like, I don't care if it's three months or three years. So, apparently, Big E also made a reference to Mount Rushmore, which is a stable. Kevin, the Young Bucks, and Adam Cole was in down in the Indies over at PWG. Yeah, but the fact of Big E making that reference, I think that's more of a... A pop for us. Well, I don't even... It's one of those, does Big E know what he's talking about? Does Big E know the... You know, the Mount Rushmore thing. Yeah. Because, I mean, the way he said it, according to what they were saying, like like we said, we didn't watch this. It's just the second hand from reviews. He said, this company has, or Monday Night Raw has one face. This isn't Mount Rushmore because, you know, Rushmore has the four faces. Yeah. Like, Monday Night Raw has one face and that's me. And then he's like, well, let's, let's, and Kevin's like, well, let's put that to the test. How about for the first time ever, me and you tonight? And Debbie, Biggie accepts the challenge. So, that's going to be the main event for tonight. It will be Big E versus Kevin. Let's see. Next match. The match you were talking about earlier. Nikki Ash and Ray Ripley. Zelina Vega. Carmella. Goes to a commercial break. Carmella causes a distraction for Nikki. And Zelina wins with a sunset flip on Nikki. Not really a roll-up, but modified pin maneuver. Then you got well, a- at least the sunset flip is something that... It's not something that people win with very often. It's one of those things that when you do, the visual is pretty cool. Of, you know, going over, jumping over somebody and doing the flip and roll over like that. But it's not one of those things that people normally see and they're like, oh, they're going to do that and they're going to get the win. It's like when uh, when Kofi does the SOS. Yeah, and that's that's like an, that's a nice little modified. Yeah, it's a nice little modified roll up, and he flips him over, but he doesn't win with it. You know, a lot of people think of the sunset flip is the same thing. It's a quick kind of hope. Will it happen? Will it happen? No, it's not going to fucking happen. Nope. <clears throat> then we have a cool little backstage segment. I usually don't talk about the backstage segments, but I like I like this because I like the person that was in it. Biggie's backstage. Otis and Chad Gable come in. He's like, "Hey, we can help you." Because Seth was right when Seth Biggie doesn't have because they Seth said you don't he's right you don't have what it takes to be the face of all, but with our help we can change all that. They can make he's like we can make the rain mean something. 
and he tells him he's not interested, and then Chad goes through all of his achievements and says, this place will become Monday Night Rawns again, and if he wants proof, he can watch what he'll do to Finn Balor tonight. So it's Fe Balor versus Gable tonight. So that'll be cool. That's going to be a good match. So come back for commercial, Finn versus Chad. Great match. Um, there's no doubt in my mind that that probably was an amazing match if they gave him the time that they needed. My but thoughts, they probably didn't give him enough time. Uh, that's a match that I would like to see uh, maybe on a house show. Yeah. Where they could have time and they could have fun and they could, you know, work a good match. Mm -hmm. Not just be stuck to, you know, two and a half minutes on Raw. So, you know, they go through it, finish the match. Uh, Balor goes to the coup de grace. Gable comes out, gets to the top rope, does a superplex. But one of those little things you don't see every so often, which was kind of a cool thing to the match. After the superplex, Finn gets the cradle into the pin, covers Chad, gets the one, two, three. There's just a slight error on Gable's part, couldn't get his shoulders up in time. Decent little finish. Yeah, and like you said, that's not something you see uh, all the time or very often. Uh, a suplex into a small package that way. Especially the person taking the suplex, hooking the small package on the person giving it. Because, I mean... Uh, Kushida does the, what's it called? The flux capacitor flux where he capacitor. hooks the suplex and as he's going, as he picks you up to go over, he jumps and catches the small package in midair. So, you know, he does it that way, but the way Balor did it that night, you know, that's that's one you don't see it very often that way. And then uh, you've got a lot of people that's thinking, telling Chad, hey, let's get you out of here. They want him to go get away from WWE. I don't know how much time's left on his contract. Maybe it's not a lot, but... Uh, I think end of the year, maybe. I mean, it's not a lot of time. Can you imagine Chad and AEW Impact, New Japan? I'm I'm just going to say right now, he's one of my top five to aid, or WWE yeah, to AEW. Yeah, he's on my list, too. Uh, next match, Dolph Ziggler and Robert Roode versus uh, Street Profits. Dirty Dogs. The Dirty Dogs. I like that name. Um... Of course, they have a good match. Ziggler's a fucking incredible worker. Rock, Bobby's an incredible worker. Street Profits are fucking great. Montez Ford's going to be a world champion in WWE. I mark my words. Mark my oh, no doubt. Yes. How do you mark your own words? That's a good question. You came in at right at the right time, yeah. babe. I mark my words. Uh, Omos distracts Ford. That distracted uh, him long enough for Ziggler to get the zigzag. One, two, three. Dirty Dogs win. Again, I hate the Omos distraction because he's just tall. Yeah, it's like, go up to you, hi, I'm distracting you. It's like, because he's, I mean, he's so you can limited. be distracting because you're so short. Maybe you and Omar should walk out together. <laughs> that would be fucking, <laughs> Vince, call me. I'll take $5,000 if you just give me this, just, just one match, one match. Okay, like, seriously, though, Vince, call him, short-ass referee, right here. Yes. We know we talk shit about you all the time, but if you were actually paying him, we might be nice. Yeah, you said you need short referees to make them look tall. I'm barely five foot tall. I can make your guys look tall. He makes Rey Mysterio look like a goddamn giant. It's true. Yeah, because you're how tall, Josh? I think I'm like five two. Mysterio's five four, so Mysterio is taller than you by two inches. <laughs> See, Vince, where are you going to find somebody shorter than Rey Mysterio? He can ref every one of Rey's matches and make Rey look big. I can. Shit underscore Andy 83 is our Twitter. DM us. 
I'm gonna laugh if you get some kind of bullshit DM from somebody acting like WWE management. Like, like, like they, they, they did do with Jeff. Jeff. <laughs> that was great. Hey, he's my mentor. He taught me everything I know. Uh, all right, next match. No DQ, Damian Priest versus T... Damian Priest versus Dominic Dijakovic because I refuse to call him T-Bar anymore. His name's fucking T-Bar. They got their couple commercial breaks. Um, they beat the hell out of each other. Damian Priest is... It was a street fight. Yeah, Damian Priest's uh, stomach was covered in whelps because of the kendo sticks. Um... They're doing some kind of, from what they say, Jekyll and Hyde type gimmick where when he starts getting beat up or he starts feeling pain, he just turns into some, like... Savage. Huge badass. Cool. Uh, Damien, uh, Damien Priest wins the match. T- uh, of course, the Reckoning. Cup crossroads, whatever the fuck you want to call it. Okay. Blah, blah, blah. More live more and stuff. More backstage stuff, but don't care. All right, main event, Big E versus Kevin. Goes through a couple commercial breaks. They had an incredible match, I'm sure. Um, Seth comes in and crashes the distraction finish. Tries to cause the distraction. Hits Big E with the right hand. Seth walks back as Owens goes for the cover. Big E reverses into the uh, beginning and gets the pinned. Big E wins. That's not what happened. That's not what happened. What the hell happened? No, the results said that... uh... There was a distraction. Uh, Rollins hit Big E. Kevin went, you know, kind of fighting himself, you know, whether he should or not. You know, reluctantly goes for the pin. Big E reverses uh, the pin. Oh, into a roll-up. Into a, yeah, into a quick, you know, one, two, three, blah, blah, blah. Owens gets up trying to apologize, being like, hey, sorry, lapse in judgment. I shouldn't have done that, blah, blah, blah. That's when Big E picks him up and hits uh, a big ending. They got the shit all fucked up. But yes, that was Monday Night Raw. Now, onto some good wrestling. Rampage, first match. AEW World Title Eliminator. Kingston versus Danielson. Of course, we didn't get to see that. Danielson? Danielson. 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 (laughs) I'm sure they beat the hell out of each other. Of course, Danielson wins with... um, What did he win with? They hit him with the knee. No, no, he tapped him. He made him pass out in the triangle choke. Tries to do a handshake with Kingston. Kingston's pissed. He's a proud man. Refuses to shake Danielson's hand. So. Yeah, I'm going to tell you right now, it's leading to Danielson uh, Moxley, <coughs> and that's going to be fucking... Brutal. That's going to be a badass match. Yes. So apparently backstage, Tony Schiavone's talking to Punk. They're having a thing. And I like this because they made it look so real. I think they made it look like that Kingston wasn't supposed to be back there. Because he, as soon as he starts coming up to Punk, you know, all the guys, all the agents are like, guys, get back. He's, he's trying to do something. He's trying to do something. Get back. So they made it look real. And then he's like, you laugh at me? You think it's funny? Talking to Punk. And then Punk's like, are you, are you done yet? Do you want to go to sleep again? So I'm sure we may very well get Kingston and Punk at full yeah. gear, maybe. Uh, if not full gear, will they do it at full gear? Will they do it on, I don't give a shit if there's something on my face. They can't see it. Uh, I don't know if they would wait to do it at full gear, if they'll do it on uh, Rampage Rampage coming up this Friday. or hope they get a little bit of time to breathe because, man, that's some promos right there. That would be some promos. Um, next match was uh, Matt Sidell versus Dante Martin 3. Um, great spot, great match. Uh, of course, these two guys are great high flyers. And Dante Martin, is, that guy's going to be, just like a lot of the guys in AEW, he's going to be a freaking star. 
And, you know, yeah, he's some, good. You know, they go back and forth. Um, finish was uh, side. Um, Martin uh, hit it a double springboard. It just says double springboard finisher for the pitfall. Double springboard moonsault. Double springboard moonsault. Nice. So. Uh, I like what they're doing with him. They're doing like a. Well, hell, like they do with a lot of people. They're giving him the slow build. They're not just putting him in there and throwing him down your throats and being like, hey, cheer for this guy. This guy's going to be a star. They're having him go out there and give, you know, killer-ass fucking, killer-ass matches, great performances, doing his thing. And, you know, they're getting people to cheer for him organically and, you know, making people like him. And the stuff he's doing right now with, Leo, I think, is going to be good because Leo's being more like a prick heel type manager, which isn't like what Dante's been at all. Yeah, it's, it's kind of have a clash thing. So we could see if it ends up leading with Dante turning, making Leo become heel, I mean baby, or if Leo slowly changes Dante's perspectives and makes him become an, an asshole like him. I see them two starting to argue. Mm-hmm. Like it's not even a one's going to turn, they're going to turn. I see them, you know, starting to argue, and it'd be one of those, because Leo's talking about how he's a businessman and business, all this stuff. So, so I could see the deal going to where Leo bought Dante's contract, so he works for him. So you have to do what I say. And it's one of those to where he finally gets tired of it, and Dante's like, I want to fight you for my contract. And that could be, if they pull that up, that could be Dante, uh, Leo's first match. Dude, I wouldn't have it be his first match. I would have him have a few because of... To build it up, yes. Right, because why would you put... That big mistakes on a first match and have him lose. Right, because, yeah, Dante would need to go over to get the babyface win to have his contract, you know, where he can do whatever. Yeah, that makes more sense, yeah. Uh, main event of Rampage was... Uh, Abaddon versus Britt Baker, trick or street fight. Um, if Abaddon wins, I'm guessing she was going to get. If Abaddon wins, she gets a future world title shot, women's world title shot. Uh, man, this was a fucking brutal match. Thumbtacks, kendo sticks, fucking everything. Uh, the goddamn toughest table in wrestling yeah. since the announced table at the original UEW. They tried, they tried, but of course, you know, Abaddon and Britt. Um, I don't know if it wasn't pre-cut or if it wasn't. I don't know what the hell's wrong with it. Well, they did a swinging neck breaker off the apron trying to go through. Mm-hmm. And it looked to me, whenever I saw the uh, video of it, because you know the old I am the table meme and shit. Yes. They did one of those on YouTube where they showed both spots of them trying to go through the table, not breaking, and then the anime table pops up and yells, I am the table. But, uh,. It was a uh, swinging neck breaker off the apron. It looked like they went, and instead of hitting center, they hit... Corner? Well, no, towards the side, like uh, almost on the edge. Gotcha. So it's like they hit and just slid off. And then Britt picked her back up to try to suplex her through, mm-hmm. and it's one of those... I don't know if she didn't have a lot of momentum going whenever she hit it or what happened, but it just... Again, it kind of hit and fell over. Gotcha. It, uh, it wasn't as bad as when they tried to break the table on WWE when Sasha tried to break the table and <coughs> oh, she yeah, was just was... like 
just hitting fun. dead center. Like it should just snap and she like hits and slides down. You know, it was nothing like that. But you can tell it was one of those where they were trying everything they could and just being like, okay, come on, break this time. Come on, please. Yeah. <clears throat> Apparently towards the end of the match, um, Rebel and Jeremy Hayter tries to interfere. She tries to fight them off. Starts to go to bite Rebel. Brett rolls her up into the tax, gets the win. Now, that's a way to shake up the roll up a little bit. Roll you up into some thumbtacks. Bro, well, I, I love was, I love a good roll up. That was a devastating move. <laughs> <laughs> Legit it was. Yeah, if you've never had if you've never been put into thumbtacks, it's not it's not a walk in the park. I'll say, I'll just say that. It's not It's not horrible, <laughs> but it's not Hey, werewolf. That was the loudest we've heard of wolves. So, yeah, it's not 100% horrible, but it's not something you want to do every day. They kind of suck. Mm. Wow. All right, next up, Dynamite from last Wednesday. First match on the card, hell of a match. CM Punk and Bobby Fish. Uh, Bobby Fish... Uh, really started showing the heel character when he faced Anthony Green, you know, going out in the crowd, blah, 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 you know, all his... All that shtick. And all this shit he was doing, and then... Beating him just, up after the match. Yeah, and then just carrying it over to the match with Punk, and... And uh, both... Uh, Bobby got to shine good, and he got a lot of offense in. It made you look at one point in time, was like, he's going, he might put Bobby over, by God. Right, but it was one of those to where, you know, they worked really well with each other. Yes. Uh, you could tell it wasn't one person trying to get over on the other. They were... They were working very well. They were telling a story back and forth. And either he worked Punk's leg to the point where he couldn't get it for the GTS, or when he did, he kept reversing it until finally at the end, enough of a reversal, GTS. But the end was really cool. One, two, three, boom. Right after three count, Bobby Fish tries to kick out. Well, it's one of those, he hit the go to sleep, and the way he hit, Fish went one way and Punk went the other. And he was still selling the leg from everything and then hitting the go to sleep. So he's, you know, crawling, inching his way over. So, you know, it gave Fish that time to where he wasn't knocked out for a minute and a half without anything. So when he did cover and get the one, two, three. It was the reaction. He hears the three, and he's like, uh, and tries to kick out. And somebody, I heard someone was saying that that was like a botch, like that wasn't supposed to be the finish. I don't know. Doc, I could see that, or I could see people saying that. Cause if that, that wasn't supposed to be the finish, uh, they missed out because that, one, it made Fish look great. So you don't think him kicking out makes Punk's win look weak? No, because it took him a minute to get to the pin. Gotcha. If it would have been, boom, hits to go to sleep, and he's right down on top of him, one, two, three, and then the kick out. You know, if it was that quick, then, yeah, that would have looked bad. Okay. But it was the hit and the fact that he couldn't get up to go pin him, so he basically had to crawl over there and use his energy to get there. And, uh... He kind of, I guess you could say they kind of saved it afterwards because even after the kick out, he still laid there. Mm -hmm. Like, it was all the energy he had to try to kick out after the match was over. 
Like that was like, I know I've lost, but that's my last gas that I'm still here. Well, it's like not even that he knew he lost. It's you know it took him that long to throw his throw his arm up. Not even you know, hey, I know I lost, but I'm going to kick out anyway. It's like a he's trying to kick out three hits, and then that's when he finally gets the gets the out. Next up, we had MJF versus local dropper number seventy seven. Uh, extremely quick match, immediate squash. Comes in, throws him into the corner. Throws him into the heat seeker, one, two, three. But, of course, MJF decided to be the prick that he is, put one finger on for the pin. Of course, after the match, he calls out Darby, says, Darby, you didn't think I broke, you have, You said I couldn't mentally break you. Well, you haven't showed up since. Then we cut to a little, um, up first, before that, you know, we had some music that was supposed to be, um, was it Sting's music or Darby's music? It was Sting's music. They play Sting's music, and they're all, you know, worried, looking around, looking around, and then, ha-ha, uh-huh, you idiots, you, blah, blah, blah. Next thing you know, we have a little uh, video on the title. Nah, the lights cut out. The li- Yes, the lights cut out. The lights cut out, and uh, MJF's in the ring like, okay, oh, Spears, Spears, that's, that's a good, good one, one, man. You can hear Spears. That's, uh, that's, not, th- me. that's not me, boss. That's not me, boss. <laughs> then you get right, the-, the greatest henchman voice ever. <laughs> that's not me, boss. <laughs> <laughs> then you get the video on the Titan Tron. Um, a guy dressed up like Darby, and then... Goes out on stage at a rock concert trying to get him to stop the music. And then you have Darby run out and give the drop kick to the guy gotcha. dressed up like MJF. Like Violent J tried to do to Fred Durst. <laughs> and then lights come back on. Sting's in the ring. Clears house. Of course, MJF shit cans out. Goes to the uh, corner. Goes to the crowd. Next thing you know... Out comes Darby. He's disguised as Inspector Gadget. Inspector Gadget. He was dressed up for Halloween a little early. <laughs> yep. They have the brawl throughout the wing. Throughout the wing. wing. The wing. The wing. They have a brawl throughout the arena. Which MJF gets away before he can get any more offense out of Darby. And of course, that's going to save because they're going to have um, a match. Darby picks up the mic, says MJF, full gear. That's all he says. Hell of a match at full gear. It's going to be a great it's match. It's going to be fucking amazing. Absolutely. The next hell of a match, TNT Championship match, <coughs> Sammy Guevara versus All Ego Ethan Page. But not only is it for the TNT title, everybody's barred from ringside. And if Ethan wins, Sammy's got to leave the inner circle. All right. It was a good match, but it was way too predictable with all that. Yes. All the stipulations. Yeah. You wasn't going to have somebody beat a dominant champion like Miro just to have him drop it a couple weeks later. Well, see, I could see that happening just to change it up because. Cody had a good reign, and then... Dar- Brody had a good reign. Brody had a good reign. Darby had a good reign. Miro had a good reign. So Miro had the long reign, and I could see him doing like not short- really hot-shotting, but doing a quick, you know, quick just couple-week run. But the fact that they made it, well, if you lose, you lose a title, and then, well, if you lose, you're out of your group, and, you know, if you lose, this is going to happen, and blah, 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 and... Yep. Uh, finish of the match. Um, and uh, Ethan goes for the the outsider's edge off the top. Sam reverses it. Gets him on the ground. Hurricane Rana goes up. Shooting star press. One, two, three. Sammy retains the title. All right. They did a side-by-side on YouTube mm-hmm. of... Uh, side-by-side on YouTube of what? The... Ego Edge to the Rana on one side. 
And the other side was Eddie and Mysterio when they did that same spot, basically, at the Halloween Havoc. No, and okay. Tony Schiavone calling both. That's badass. Of course, you get the uh, the beatdown after the match. Um, um, Men of the Year, America's Top Team. Try to get to the upper hand. Of course, Inner Circle comes out, cleans house. And they're going to have the five-on-five Inner Circle against the Top Team. And tomorrow night, they're actually going to tell... Which three members of American Top Team are going to join the men of the year in that match? Who do you think it's going to be? Who would you like to see? Uh, I think it's going to be Dos Santos, Masvidal, and a random other guy that's with them. Okay, random other guy like that. Next, we get the uh, Tony Schiavone backstage with the Lucha Brothers um, saying, uh, you want these titles? Uh, Pretty much challenging them and accepting their challenge for full gill for the tag titles. That's going to be a damn good match. Oh, yeah. I have no doubts. And they ain't got to act like they're the super frogs in this one. It's going to be straight up FTR. And and I, sucks as it is to say, I think because Young Bucks are slowly going into their heel run, that that's why we didn't get to see a little bit longer tag title run from the FTR. So, hopefully, I don't know if they're going to win this time. I mean, possibly, like you said with the TNT title, you could see them hot shot it because of long reigns. Young Bucks had a long run with the tag titles. So, do we see... I don't think it'll happen this time because they're going to be doing a lot with AAA also now. Uh, they're actually talking about Triple Mania being FTR, Lucha Brothers, and a third team. Uh, it was uh, Dragon Lee and Dra- Dragonista. I think that's I th- who it was. I think that's who it was, yeah. It was Dragon Lee and somebody. I wasn't going to try to butcher the name by right. saying it's Dragon Lee and Lucha Lucha. You know, I was just going to say it's them two and another team. <laughs> yep. Um, next match, uh, first round tournament, uh, first round match of the TBS women's title, uh, Serena D versus Sakura Rashida. My God, this was my favorite women's match since Thunder Rosa and Britt Baker. These two worked so well together. They did so good. Yeah, that's, it's a combination you can put together. It's going to be a good show because Serena is just so, she's so fucking talented. She knows what she's doing. She's been around it long enough to where she can. (laughs) Yeah. She and, can help Sheeta with the stuff that she's lacking. Yeah, she, exactly. And if you've not watched this Arena D match, watch this one. Because I, I think she's one of the unsung women's wrestlers in, 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 in wrestling because she gets she's so unreal. You don't get to see a lot of her. Like, after she she did her thing in WWE, but she never wrestled. She never wrestled in WWE. Well, she never mm. got the chance to. She got fired too quick. Exactly. So getting to see her do the stuff with NWA, doing the stuff here in AEW. You'll see how good of a wrestler Serena Deeb is. Um, it was a big. It was back and forth the whole match. Um, uh, Deeb tried to pick up the broken plaque again to hit. Yeah, Sheeta I was about to say it. they played off from the last Nothing. match they had, which was supposed to have been Sheena's fiftieth win. Yep. So uh, she went to go hit, uh, hit it. Sheena kicks it out of her hand, hits her up. Um, Deeb uh, was looking for the detox. I love how she has that as a finisher called yeah. the detox. She reverses out of it, hits her with a backslide, and one, two, three. Sheeta wins, gets her 50 win, but also advances into the tournament. And it didn't make anybody look bad because it was the reversal into everything. They were back and forth, and it's just one of those. It was one of those, you got the upper hand tonight. It's not like, you're better than me. It's just like, you got lucky this time. Exactly. Oh, God. Next match, uh, World Title Eliminator, John Moxley versus... Ten from the Dark Order. 
God uh, damn. Okay, uh, this is the second match that Moxley's done this. Ever since he's been wrestling, I think it's the second third match, he comes out, beats the fuck out of somebody in very quick fashion, walks the fuck back out. I love how he's doing this. This is slowly, I believe, turning to a Moxley heel turn. Uh, I don't know if it's going to lead to a Moxley heel turn. It's just like, badass, I don't get paid by the hour, because two weeks ago he did it to Wheeler Yuta is who it was. Yep. Uh, comes in, couple of quick boom booms, paradigm shift, it's over. This one he comes out, uh, starts beating ass, ripping the mask off, biting and everything. You come up, I mean, the visual of someone in a mask, especially a white mask that's bleeding. I mean, that's just, it's a great visual. It's something to see. Uh, paradigm shift. Moxley gets the win in under two minutes. Uh, short, sweet, to the point. Exactly. I mean, it was. That's the second time uh, Preston has had his mask bloodied up because of something. But I'm telling you that that he's got some he's got some potential. Oh yeah. And when he takes that mask off, hell, he could be a good babyface because that guy's a good looking guy. If you've seen the stuff he's posted on Twitter, he's a, he's a good looking guy. Uh, next, um, Cody comes out with the orange, cut a promo. You know the typical. We're not going into Cody's promos. I love Cody, but he's sometimes he puts too much into his stuff, and there's nothing wrong with that. But uh, this was a pretty good promo. Uh, I liked it, you know, saying uh, my wife's too beautiful for me. I don't deserve my daughter. I don't. Yeah. Uh, no matter what, I'm never going to be able to lace my dad's shoes, and uh, I'm not going to be able to. Uh, and my brother's a way better wrestler. wrestler than I am. And then, you know, thanking Anderson and everything like he did, you know. I I didn't think it was as bad as what everybody's trying to put out there. He's going. Yeah. He's trying to get the fans back on his side, I think, by going over the top in the opposite direction of where they think he was going. Right. So instead of being the badass corporate whatever like he was being, he's kind of backing it off, being the family man, uh, humble instead of badass, you know, something like that. Yes, and then after that, Andrade comes out. Tells Cody that people don't like you. He says, Cody, these people don't like you. They don't like me either. But the difference between me and you is, I don't like these people either. You, you constantly make stupid choices. Talking about the first stupid choice you made was that stupid tattoo on your neck. Cody Agreed. Goes, <laughs> Agreed. Second, you got in my business. He's like, if you want, I can make you my little bitch. Lights went out. Out comes Malachi. They, you know, they fought off, you know, uh, Cody, um... They're, they're beating Pop. down Cody and Arn Anderson, and then Pop, Pop runs in, out. makes a save. And then, <laughs> the fucking, when Pop done the Malachi Black sit down the way he does it and everything, <laughs> he, he sits down and he's just flipping him off. He's like, Fuck yeah! <laughs> I love it. It's great. Of course. And then, main event Dark Order versus the Elite. The Elite dressed up as the Ghostbusters. Dark Order came out first. Uh, Colt Cabana dressed up like Brandon Cutler was hilarious. Yes. Uh, Does he have that? The Colt spray. And then everybody else dressing up like cowboys and stuff. They had, you know, the horse that Uh, that, uh, John Silver got on and rode to the ring. The horse goes back. Then you had the Elite dressed up as the Ghostbusters. 
And then... You had them dress up as a Ghostbusters. Uh, you had... Uh, the Stay Puft Marshmallow Man's out with them and everything. And, and then... Uh, Nagazawa. Who was he dressed up as? He was dressed up as something. I don't know. I wasn't even going to talk about Nagazawa. <laughs> <laughs> but anyways, they go into the match. But uh, apparently the Ghostbuster costumes were a last-minute thing. They were going to dress up as Squid Games. Oh, I wish they would have. TNT wouldn't let them. Dang, TNT. Dang. Yeah, they said uh, TNT wouldn't let them dress up as a Squid Game, so they decided last minute to go Ghostbusters. But, I mean, it was great because they had the proton packs and everything, and, I mean, they looked looked fucking great with their costumes. Oh, yeah, you know, it was a great match. You know, they tried to use their proton packs to get some upper hands on the referee who was knocked down. Oh, they did. They did the... Yeah, they did. They did the... Uh, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles 2, all four meet in the middle with the (laughs) shell bump with the proton packs, and then powerbombing Colt Cabana on top of them. And then all of a sudden, the daggum horse from earlier comes running out to the ring. Stop, stop, stop. And they're thinking it's a member of the Dark Order, so Young Butts super kick him. Well, the low blow, and then he drops down. Then the The double, triple super kick and everything. And then they pull the mat, uh, the horse costume off, and it's Brandon Cutler with his mouth taped up. So they're like, what the heck? Next time another Stay Puft Marshmallow comes in. And everybody thought, or the elite thought, Cutler was the Marshmallow Man. Yep. So whenever they saw that, you see uh, Matt in the ring, and he's just like, oh, fuck. Stay Puft Marshmallow takes his, helm- his mask off. It's Hangman Adam Page. Hits the buckshot lariat. Hits the dead eye. Dark Order gets the win. So, one hell. He didn't hit a buckshot. Uh, he was clothes. already in the ring. Well, yeah, he just hit a club. <laughs> then he hit the dead eye. Then John Silver covered. By the way, the dead eye as the Stay Fuff Marshmallow Man on Kenny Omega was incredible. <laughs> <laughs> and then the way he was jumping up and down after he got that first initial closing, he's still in the closet. He was like, <laughs> you just see all that just jumping, puffing up. And then John Silver actually getting the win. I like that. Oh, I love John Silver. Love John Silver. Uh, all in all, uh, decent night of wrestling. AEW makes up decent for a week of wrestling. I mean, WWE they have their faults, but they're you can't really say they're trying to do better because it's the same stuff over and over again. Mm-hmm. And as bad as just said, like you said, they're going to be around. Nothing's going to. People can say AEW can put them out. They're not going to put them out. AEW's not attempting to put them out. No, they're not trying to put anybody out of business. They're just trying to have their own corner over here, which... WWE keeps trying to get into. The bad thing is it could work. They could have both companies. I mean, hell, look how long... Look how long TNA, Impact, Impact Wrestling, Total Nonstop Action, NWA, TNA, all that... It's been a million different names, but it's been there constantly. You know, it's always been there. I mean, AEW, they could be the same thing. They could have their own little niche over here, let WWE have their own little niche over here, and then if you want to watch this show, you watch this show. If you want to watch that show, you watch that show. I mean, we've said before, this podcast is for wrestling fans. This pos- We don't say this podcast is only for wrestling fans that like Roman Reigns, or this podcast is only for wrestling fans that don't watch WWE. I mean, right. this is... And while we do talk shit about WWE, there are certain things in WWE that we do. Like, Jason likes an arcade bro. 
I like Roman Reigns' heel stuff. I like RK Bro. I like Chad Gable when I, when you get to see him, you know. I like the Usos. I like Big E. You know, there's certain things that we do like. I mean, but we're not going to be... We're not going to be biased. We're going to talk. When it's shit, it's shit. If AEW does something shitty, we'll call them out on it. But they've been hitting the nail on the head. A couple things here and there that, you know, we might not like. But for the most part, they're doing what they're doing to be able to tell us a story and give us good quality wrestling. Right. And, okay, speaking to wrestling fans, since that's who this podcast is for, stay to the end of the fucking show. Yes. Uh... On Rampage. Apparently it was said that... Oh, it's not apparently. There were, there were people that were leaving after the... Uh, Danielson-Kingston match? Danielson-Kingston match. Wow. I mean, yeah, that's the match that everybody wants to see. That's what everybody was there for. But shit, stick around. The people... It doesn't matter if your first match, last match. You're going to go out there, especially on a show like that. You're going out there, you're going to bust your ass. You might see something you've never seen before. I mean, hell, the whole staying there to see that table, the table spots live, that would have been worth it. Seeing the, how many, how many times do you go to a wrestling show and you get to see thumbtacks live? I mean, it's not very often. And invented finish, like the roll up into the thumbtacks. I mean, you don't see shit like that all the time. So if you're going to go to a wrestling show, stay for the show. Watch the fucking show. Be entertained throughout the whole thing. Yeah, I mean, you're spending your money while you, that you're wasting your own money. Give your support to everybody, exactly. not just the one match you want to see. Because these other guys are busting their ass for you, too. And you might see something. You could end up missing something huge because you didn't stick around. You never know. I mean, how many people left that had never seen Abaddon before that could have saw her and been like, holy fuck, this is awesome? Exactly. It's different. Uh, how many people... How many guys had left? I've never seen Jamie Hayter's ass before. I mean, come on. But, yes. but I mean, yes, yeah, stay for the whole show. If you're going to go to a wrestling show, stay for the whole show and watch it. And that's including independence and professional. That's especially independence because, I mean, it happens too many times. Uh, even wrestlers in the back, they'll go to a show, they'll have their match, and then them and everybody that came with them leave. Don't do that. You want the only. Watch- Sorry, go ahead. It's like, if you want people to stay for your match, why would you leave and not support your brothers? The only time I've really tried to leave a wrestling show early is if... The only time I've ever left a wrestling show early that I can think of is whenever I had to go and uh, do a double shot. Like, if if I was leaving one show to go to another show, that's the only time I like to leave a show early. Yeah. Like, only under certain circumstances should you leave the show early. But, uh, that's my rant. We went longer than I think we were going to go on this. So, uh, stick with us. We'll be right back with our top five list. And, uh, we'll close the show out. So, uh, we'll be right back. All right, guys. We are back and ready to go with our top five managers. You know what you should say? What should I say? We're back, fuckers. We're back again, fuckers. Much better. <laughs> back again. We're not shady. Slim or otherwise. <laughs> We're getting slim. We're doing it. We are. Not all of us. Nope. Excuse that me. ass. Money hurts. Good. All right, but uh. Managers. Top five managers. I did not have enough time to do my homework because I just got told about the change 
um, approximately two hours ago. Yeah, yeah. That was just a spur And of the I live thing. in the same house as both of them. Look, we worked with him, and I told him while he was at work. I've been busy. Uh, I have talked to you multiple times today. Anyways. I'll have to add you to the group text. No, I'm good. I hate group text. It's just the three of us. I said I hate group text. I'll add you in. (laughs) (laughs) So. You've got three, not five. I have three, not five. Okay, well, what are your three? Well, of course. Go in order. So, worst to last? Third to first. Three to one, yeah. Uh, Okay. Well, that's not fair because I have three and I kind of... Anyways. Okay, well, just give me your three. You never go in order. Yeah, and and I don't go in elaboration like y'all do. Um, But you can. I love to hate her. I hate to love her. Stephanie McMahon. That's a really good one. That is a good one. Because you don't think, especially now, you think more... Authority figure. Authority, authority figure, boss of the company. You don't think back but to she when... she wasn't always. Yeah, exactly. When she was with Triple H. Yeah, she was managing Triple H. Yeah. Exactly. That's something not a lot of people would think of. Good job, babe. Well, you know. And then Kurt Angle for a little I bit. I hate too. her, but I, she's gorgeous, and I just... I don't know. Anywho. <laughs> um, and then, of course, I would probably be punched by my husband if I didn't say Paul Heyman. Ladies, that's and right because you are a Paul Heyman girl. No. Oh, okay. <laughs> um, but he's great. I mean, he is one of the best out there, of course. Oh, no doubt. And I know y'all know that. Oh yeah. Well, it's like we said, it's a lost art. People don't really do it much nowadays. No. But he's a he's one of the throwbacks because he's he's actually on my list, but not because of the stuff he's doing now with Roman or the stuff he was doing with Brock, but because going back. WCW when he was Paul E. Dangerously and having the Dangerous Alliance and managing Steve Austin and Arn Anderson and Rick Rude and all those guys. Yep. So, what's your what's your last one? And, my last one is, growing up, me and Josh watched this man our whole entire life. I mean, if he's not on both of y'all's lists and Will's list, then I, I, we might have to do some discussion. Uh-oh. Oh, shit. Um, but of course, I always their entrance was the best. I mean, growing up, it was just I stared at the screen the whole entire time. But Paul Bear, Paul Bear, not on my list. You should be ashamed of yourself. Not on my list. Not ashamed at all. He's my. I'm surprised he's not on your list. He's on Will's. He's on Will's list. See. Will send his list. Mine's more old. My list is more old school. Paul Bear is old school. Paul Bear is old school. What are you talking about? But no, I go back and I think of more managers and like getting involved in stuff too. Yeah. I just thought of another one. Sorry. That's squirrel. okay. Who's your number four, honey? Vicky Guerrero. God damn yeah. right. I was hoping you would say that. <laughs> there you go. Whenever you started talking about Stephanie, you're like, God, I hate her so much. I'm like, she's about to say Vicky. <laughs> well, yeah, definitely. Just, it's the voice. It is. It's the voice. It's the voice. Two words. I'll just say it's two words. That's it. Instant yeah. Heat. Instant heat. Excuse me. Yeah. And it's like, oh, God, boo. God, shut the hell up. <laughs> yeah. And she's more than earned her place. I know a, a certain black hole who attempted to do that indie wrestling around here. Yeah. I know, right? But she did attempt it. And couldn't even get She close. was annoying as fuck. Well, of course. But, but that, that was more out of the ring. <laughs> 
She had go away heat. Yeah. Yeah, no doubt. All right, Josh. Uh, I'll finish. Do you have another one, honey? I'll finish my food. Nope. I made it before. I'm proud of myself. Okay, uh, bring up Will's list and I'll, since you're chewing and everything, Ooh, I'll, I can go ahead and eat. I'll, I'll take over. All right, so Will's list. I'm going to go from top to bottom. He was like that. <laughs> oh, Will. You're going to get on top because Will's a bottom? He is a bottom. <laughs> <laughs> All right, number five. Mouth of the South, Jimmy Hart. I mean, how can you get more iconic than freaking Jimmy Hart? No, the megaphone and all that shit. Yeah. Number four, probably the first manager in female-wise, Miss Elizabeth. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Always come to the ring with the macho. macho Man. Always with Macho Man. And then everything that went on, you know, after the split and them getting back together and all, very... Very emotional moment. Very emotional. Definitely an iconic valet manager figure. Mm-hmm. Number three, I love this guy so much. None other than Herman. Is not Herman's one hell of a manager. Yes, it was said Herman, but it was autocorrect. So I had to do that. He, you know I had to do that. He meant he Bobby. meant Harvey Whippleman. <laughs> Bobby the Brain Heenan. I mean. You can't start a conversation about great wrestling managers unless you include Bobby the Brain. Paul, I mean, um, Paul Bear. <laughs> Damn it. Paul Bear is a good manager, but not the reasons for I put one. But yeah. Overrated. Bobby the Brain Heenan. I mean, the weasel. I mean, he was probably the most chicken shit manager. And, but when he finally got in that ring. Well, yeah, he was the chicken shit manager, but you got to think of all the people they. He, he had with him the Heenan family, family. having you know, everybody from, you know, Big John Studd to King Kong Bundy. Basically, anybody that went against Hulk Hogan. Yeah. They were managed by Bobby Heenan. Number two, Paul Bearer. He knows what the fuck he's talking about. <laughs> For the same reason she's already said. And number one, Paul Heyman. Because, I mean, the man is a freaking wrestling madman. I mean, he's a mad scientist when it comes to wrestling. He truly he's is. one of the greatest minds in the business. Alright. Let me Harold. do... Yeah, you do yours, because i got to yeah. make an amendment to mine. Yeah, you're putting Paul Bear, ain't you? Nope. Audible mention, Paul Bear. Sorry, drink. Alright, number five for me. Jimmy Hart. Math of the South. I mean, like I said... Jimmy Hart, when he first came up and managed the Hart Foundation when they was first starting out, the stuff he did with the Honky Tonk Man, you, you can't, I can't tell you people hated the Honky Tonk Man already, but to add Jimmy Hart with the Honky Tonk Man, already major heat. And if, 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 if his voice didn't get on your nerves enough, all he had to do was blast that megaphone to piss you off even more. I mean, he had so many tools in his disposal to get heat to piss you off. He was incredible. Not only that, but the evolution from being the the heel manager for all those and then going to WCW and actually being Hulk Hogan's manager for yeah. a while. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, that's one of the things you never thought you would see. Brett, uh, Jimmy Hart. Brett Hart, goddamn. <laughs> Jimmy Hart and Hulk Hogan on the same side. Exactly. Number four, J.J. Dillon. Hell yeah. I mean, you can't think of a wrestling manager... Without thinking about one of the greatest wrestling factions of all time. I mean, 
J.J. Dillon, of course, he didn't need to be a voice because Ric Flair was the voice of that group. But anytime you needed just a little bit extra to put in to promote, because that's what he did. He made sure he was promoting the horsemen. He let you know where they was going to be, how they was going to arrive, how good they looked. Instant credibility to them. They were iconic. And they're pretty much known as probably one of the first wrestling stables. But J.J. Dillon, absolutely. Number three, Jim Cornette. Oh, yeah. When you come up, when you talk about '80s wrestling managers, he is probably going to be at the top three list. I mean, when he first came in with the Midnight Express, the stuff that he did with them, when he transitioned over to WWE, the stuff he did with Owen and Vader, Owen, Yoko, Yoko Bulldog, you know, came in with uh, Jeff Jarrett and brought in the NWA uh, North American title for a little bit. I mean, the stuff that he does and still gives back to this day for the business. Yeah, he's a little bit bitter in some aspects, but he knows his wrestling. He knows his stuff. Well, oh, I see. You did your shit at work. Well, I'm downstairs slaving away, cleaning cl- drug closets. He's doing bullshit. Look at that. Turn around. Yep. Yep. At work. What are you talking about? Just a random piece of. <laughs> 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 Wait a little banana in a tuxedo again. Huh? Were you doodling a banana in a no! tuxedo again? Quit talking about my banana tuxedo. Let me finish my list. Number two, Bobby the Brain Heenan. The list. Again, iconic wrestling managers. The stuff that he did with the Heenan family. When he when he paired himself with Andre, when he was going after Hogan for the world title. That, that was probably one of the only moments that you thought, oh shit, Hogan's probably about to lose this title. Not only was Andre unstoppable and undefeated at the time, but you add Bobby Heenan to the list. And instant... Credibility for Andre more than he already was. And, of course, his, his his iconic catchphrase that he had, you stay with me, you go to the top. If you don't stay with me, you're never heard from again. Big John Stud. Can we go back and see how many times Josh said credibility? Shut up! My God. We'll, we'll check it. And then number one, Paul Heyman. Again, all the stuff that he still does for this Paul business. Heyman. Dangerous Alliance, Steve Austin. <laughs> All the way to RVD, Big Show, Kurt Angle. Please don't say Brock Lesnar. Brock Lesnar. Yes. He said don't it. say that RR. Roman. Don't drop you in the throat. He has given Roman Reigns a new aspect of his character. He makes Roman look like a legit. Yeah, but Roman shouldn't have beat the demon. I don't care what everybody says. No, Roman didn't beat the demon. God did. God beat the demon. Oh, my God. Kick it back, God. It was a handicap match. That's my list. Okay, mine. He's got 14 honorable mentions. I've got three honorable mentions. It goes up every week. (laughs) If I add one, I get chewed out, asshole. No, because you had two extra. You had an extra or two last week. It was a good chicken sandwich, by the way. We're having Chick fil A for dinner and a podcast. Okay, so my honorable mentions are Jimmy Hart for everything we've said. Mm hmm. Uh, the megaphone, uh, one of the most iconic tools that a, a manager ever had, besides the racket. cell phone and the tennis racket. <laughs> oh, the old school Zach Morris cell I phone know. that Paul dangerously yeah. used to have. Yeah. Uh, another one, Mr. Fuji. Oh, That's yes. That's another honorable mention that I had, just because you know, he is one of... I mean, you just see him carrying the salt for Yokozuna, holding the flag for Yokozuna, and then to go back and, you know, see what kind of a wrestler he was, too. 
I mean, just to transition from in ring to manager and have all the knowledge and everything that he could help pass on to, you know, everybody he would bring to the ring. Absolutely. And I got to put this one in there just because I got to dance with the man he managed, Slick. Slick was a good one. Uh, you go back and listen to the old Pile Driver rock and wrestling album. Oh, God. Here's Slick's Jive Soul Bro. And you start dancing around like the one-man gang. You're proud that you got dead from one-man gang, ain't you? Oh, man, that was, a, that was one of the most fun times I've ever had in a wrestling ring. He was one of the nicest guys I'd ever met. He was. He was super nice. He was awesome. But uh, now on to the actual top five. Number five, Alexander York. Okay. Uh, we've talked about the York Foundation before on here. That was one of those unsung factions that, you know, happened back in the 80s. Had all your hot babyface wrestlers turning heel and joining her and her analytics computer before anybody knew what analytics were and... You know, she can go through and she's like, there's a 76% probability that he'll win this match in 5 minutes and 42 seconds. In 5 minutes and 40 seconds, he wins the match. I mean, it's just one of those things. It was a gimmick ahead of its time, really. Mm-hmm. And to know that she was the makeup girl that would do people's makeup for TV. And then they're like, hey, you do this for us? And it got over. And it got over and then... You know, a few years down the road, she shows up in WWE as Marlena. You know, she would transition from then to Terry Reynolds. So, I mean, just the range that she had and everything she did. It was genius. Like I said, definitely ahead of its time. No doubt. All right, number four, just because I love, love ECW so much. Bill Alfonso. Oh, the whistle. Talking about iconic tools, the whistle. The most annoying shit ever, but it got over. I couldn't want to shove the whistle down his throat. You were talking about Bobby Heenan's catchphrase, his, Bill Alfonso, he's a man that calls it right down the middle, and every time they say that, he'd be like he's slicing his hand right down the middle, you know, doing that whole deal. Uh, Bringing out Sabu, bringing out Rob Van Dam. I mean, like you said, if you hear a whistle at a wrestling show, that's the first thing you'll think about. <clears throat> Absolutely. Uh, number three, Jim Cornette. Like you said, you know everything he did from uh, Midnight Express, with the Midnight Express, to Jeff Jarrett, to all the WWF stuff he did. Uh, I still remember him going up and you know getting thrown off the scaffold himself when he was there when he was you know hanging on by his you know barely by his fingertips and they'll you know stomp his hands he drops and he's like, oh god you know uh jim Cornette, the talking that man could do good god when you talk it just it, you listen because the knowledge that that man has in his brain you just want to talk some talk i'll listen to him talk wrestling for hours i was talking about promo talking but, well that too yeah uh you know, like you said, like you were saying, Midnight Express. Uh, his bodyguard was Big Bubba Rogers, Big Boss okay. Man. 
So, you know, just the people that he helped to bring into the business that way and, you know, going and uh, being the money man behind Smoky Mountain when he did that, that's... And uh, look at the people that he... I was he about to say, all Smoky the people that came through Smoky Mountain. Kane. Uh, that's the one I can think of the top of my head is Kane. Jericho and Lance Storm, the thrill seekers. Uh, New Jack. Uh, Pritchard's. I mean, everybody that came through Smoky Mountain. Uh, number two, Paul Heyman. Uh, like I said, I'm more of the Paul E. Dangerously Paul Heyman than anything else. But, you know, that's what I grew up, grew up watching. That, you know, him with that damn cell phone, Zach Morris brick style cell phone. Yeah. And plus in the 80s back then, he did a lot more as a manager as opposed to now where he just cuts promos. And kind of gives more to the people he's managing, whereas back right. then he did a little bit more in the ring and got involved. He's less involved, but he still talks. Well, he could get in the ring and he would, you know, he would hit people with the cell phone. Or he would be in there and he would actually, you know, let people grab him and hit him and stuff like that. Uh, he actually had a feud going back in the day with Missy Hyatt where they were arguing back and forth. And I think they even wound up having a match against each other. That's right. So, I mean, just... All that stuff right there. And then number one, uh, my opinion, the greatest manager of all time, there will never be anyone else like him, Bobby Heenan. Absolutely. You know, like you like you were just saying, when he managed Andre, that's when you were like, oh shit, Hogan's actually going to lose this one. I mean, everybody, he, he legitimized everyone. Everything he touched, he gave him that much more credit. Credibility. And uh, I don't want to go through this list. I'm not going to add any more honorable mentions or anything, but uh, I want to talk about two guys that were actually local. Okay, yeah. Uh, Mad Jack. Uh, when I first started going down to TWA, he was actually the Saturday night shot caller. Okay, yeah. And he was managing... Uh, Rick and Frank, the sheep herders, and uh, just the mind he had for wrestling, the mind he had, you know, the stories he could tell, you know, just being at the ringside, you know, the things he could do there. I mean, make people hate you just by, you know, looking at him. And also Logan Chase. Yeah, I love Logan Chase. Uh, Jack actually trained Logan, taught him how to, you know, taught him everything about the business from being the ref to manager and everything. Uh, Chase Enterprises was one of the top factions at whatever show he would go to around here. Uh, I was lucky enough to be a part of that at one point. Uh, when it first started up, it was me, Ben, and Jerry Anderson. That was one of the iterations before he went to bigger shows and... Yeah. You know. Absolutely. That was, uh, you know, I just wanted to say that about them because those are two guys, many people listening to this may not have heard of them, but if you're going to talk about great managers, those two, both of them were fucking phenomenal. Hell yeah. And Logan, you know, he's still doing his thing now. I think Jack, I think he may have retired by now. But Logan, he's a... He's actually down at RCW managing 
Uh, I don't know if he still is, but the guy he was managing was the heavyweight champion. So if that tells you anything, you know, the heat Logan gets just by walking out. Is, I hooked out with him. Yeah, anybody walking out with him automatically gets that heat and is one of the most hated people in the building. So uh, that's our list. We, uh, we're not going to throw together a top five for the podcast just because... Because Will's not here. <clears throat> because Will's not here and we're not going to have a debate, just the two of us. And then next week, Will's going to be out. Wifey's about checked out, so... Will's going to be out next... I'm ne- still here. <laughs> Will's going to be out next week, too, so you got an idea of which one to do for next week? All uh, right, next week, we'll figure something out. We'll, we always talk about this part in the close. I don't know why you always try to bring it up right now. Because it's my nature. Every, oh my every fucking time... And then when we try to give you a cue to do your pop thing at the end, you fucking well, miss yeah. it and don't well, say it. Well, I don't get my cue no more because y'all used to get pissed off because I would say it. Last week, I set you up perfect. I'm like, hey, it's time. What's the time for? What time is it? What time? But you never said it. I said, what time is it? About four times. Finally, asked Jennifer, and she's like, 748. <laughs> and on that note, we will be... Yeah, we'll be right back with the close of the show, guys. All right, guys. So uh, the news is done. The top fives are done. So all that's left to do is close this fucker out. Yep. So uh, basically, we still don't know what we're going to do for a topic for next week. So we'll surprise you. It will be a surprise. We're going to hold off on the brand swap. Top fives, I guess you'll call them. Yeah. Uh, sure. We'll hold off on that for, not next week, but the week after when Will's going to be back. Like I said, the getting his reasoning behind his picks and everything will be better to have him here than just to read off what he said he wants to see. Yeah. What, do you want to do that one next week and just say, no, fuck you, Will? we'll wait on my love. Okay, well, do you have an idea what you want to do for a top five list next week since yeah. we're kind of... Will sprung has, this one on you? Will has the list of the list of lists that were a list in the loo. I mean, you don't have to go from that list. Do you have something that you're... No, because you just sprung that on me. You guys are horrible <laughs> preparers. Just, just, just think. No, you got to be able just, to think on the fly. This is what wrestling is. I was just is. asking if you had an idea. If you don't have an idea, that's fine. I don't have an idea. Well, wrestling, okay. you think on the fly. I love fly. Did y'all hear that? Days. Did y'all hear that? She tried to hit me. You can't hear that. Well, if I would have said, you you, well, if I would have said, did you see that? Jason would have been the smartest. <laughs> I bet she actually that. hit me. <laughs> I was just about to slap my leg and make everybody think you hit him. Oh, I really did. But you actually hit him, so that's even better. <laughs> I have a red mark on my forehead. So no, next week will be a surprise, guys. Surprise, motherfucker. He did it better. Well, no shit. Some fries, motherfucker. Some pies, motherfucker. All rise, motherfucker. Rude eyes, motherfucker. <laughs> okay. Do you never see all them things? Oh, that was great. I've seen them. Yeah. I've seen them. Disguise, motherfucker. Okay. Oh, man. So, uh, yeah, since we don't have a topic to go over, we'll just go ahead and close this thing out the way we always do. Uh, I mean, it's... Almost that time. Time for the pop! <laughs> he about missed it. I know. I was, th- I was thinking he would because he was talking to his son and being, you know, dad-like. <laughs> uh, so, 
Josh. You have to come back to me. Nope, nope. You start off. <laughs> no, I got to start it off. Because you're excited. You, excited. Just, you just screamed it. It's time for the pop. Well, she mentioned it earlier, but I'm going to add to it. If you say, <laughs> no, my pop, <laughs> I'm stabbing you with you your going first. You're going first. Go first, honey. We had babies. <laughs> <laughs> On um, Halloween Eve, actually, we had a cat that we thought maybe was pregnant. Um, very sweet little baby. She was she was pretty tiny, and she did get pretty plump. Um, and she did so show signs that she might be pregnant, but we're typical dog and lizard lovers, so we didn't know much about cats. Anyways, um, I guess around what lunchtime Saturday, our daughter came in, and I'm not going to go into detail, but she said, "Mom," she said, "Vixen rolled over, and pretty much she had a little bit of stuff, you know." come out, and I was like, oh, nothing, you know, maybe she just had to pee a little, you know, we didn't know. A little know. bit of stuff. Her damn water broke. Yeah, well, no, not yet. <laughs> she had leaked some water, and then I had Emily bring her in there, and, you know, I was looking at her, and I started Googling again, because we don't do cats, and um, I jumped up. I was like, we're going to go to Big Lots. I was like, we're going to have kittens today, so um, Jason and I went to go run some errands, and... Um, got home, got her a little nesting area set up and had to go do some more errands. And then, um, in the meantime, her water had broke, which we could see. Um, and then within a couple hours, she was having contractions. And then within a few minutes, she was having her first baby, which, um, our vixen is a white sort of Siamese cat. And the daddy is an orange striped cat. <laughs> And the first baby born on Halloween Eve was a black cat. Kitten. <laughs> Which we're keeping. You fuckers don't come asking for our black cat. His name is Lucifer. Or if it turns out to be a girl, it will be Lucy. Fair. And then we have two little white babies as well. Um, and they're Casper and Bones. So... They're now hidden. She hid them from us last night under a bed. So um, my bed. Oh, you gotta take credit. You just gotta put it out there. It was your bed. You yeah. Five fucking beds in this house. Nobody cares. This your bed. I fucking care. This is my pop. Okay. <laughs> um. Anyways, we're super excited. We've never done anything like this, and um, they're really precious and really cute. They are. They're so fucking tiny. They're so, they're so they're adorable. Tiny. Like ridiculous. But they're healthy. Small. They're thriving. They're eating. They're whining. Their eyes, of course, you know, they're not even three days old. So, not much going on there yet. But, um, if you follow me on Facebook, I'm putting pictures everywhere. Everywhere. But anyways, that's my long, long pop. It's okay. We need. Is it a poop? Up. If it's a long pop, you know, poop. Is it, is, it, is, it, is it poop or pop? Poop sounds better. How about the way she said it? So it's a double O pop? Yeah. What's your pop, honey? Oh, I'm going to go. You're not taking mine. I'm um, going. Excuse me. I asked my husband. Okay, sorry. 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 <laughs> uh, my pop is actually the day after we had the kittens. And everybody came over for Halloween and we had a... We did. We had a pop. really, really... Had a really good time uh, hanging out with friends. Uh, some weren't able to make it. And Thrasher. Uh, Still love you, Ben. 
It's debatable. Why, why'd you call Ben out? Josh? Sure. I understand. I loved him. Ben was not feeling well. Yeah, Ben wasn't feeling good. I, but actually, we did have a house full, well, a yard full. We had a lot of trick-or-treaters. Yeah. Lots of food. Good food. Kind of had to have a day off the diet, which we regretted immediately. We regretted immediately. so bad. We were so sick Monday. Oh, we woke up Monday morning. Hell, well, it wasn't even Monday morning. Sunday. Sunday night after we got done, Lord, I ate a little bit of dessert. And as soon as I got done, I was like, oh, I shouldn't have ate that shit. Yeah, we've Ugh. not had sugar Ugh. in... It was what? It was two weeks. Two weeks to the day. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Now, we've had sugar in, in things, but not the amount that we ate Sunday. It was Oreos crushed up in Cool Whip. So, no, we hadn't had that much sugar. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but the diet's working. Uh, 12 pounds down. 12 pounds, yeah. For both of us. And that's with the cheat date. So, um, one cheat day. Yeah. But we will be back on until Thanksgiving, and then we will. Come and then we'll off. be off Thanksgiving, and then back on until Friendsgiving. So. Yeah. Well, Friendsgiving will probably be the first. Either way, however we do it, it'll just be one meal. What we're saying is we're only cheating on important holidays: Friendsgiving, Thanksgiving, Christmas, probably Christmas Thursdays. Eve too, because. Yeah. <laughs> probably Christmas Eve too, because it's so busy and you know convenience and. Um, you know, cookies for Santa, and there's just a lot going on. Yeah, and we'll probably have an alcoholic beverage or two New Year's. Yeah. Which, technically, we could get our White Claws and Which we prefer, and, anyway. Yeah, they're fucking good anyway. Anyways, we're rambling. We've just had a really good weekend. Um, um, lots going on. But, yeah, <laughs> that's my pop. Halloween, friends, good times, and to not being fat anymore. We're still fat. We're not going to be. No, we're not. We've lost it before, so we know we can lose it again. Yeah, y'all got this. We're going to be thick and sexy. I want to be thick. You are thick and sexy. 88 pounds to go. Josh? My pop is just kind of add on. I'm just, I love that when we get to do all these kind of stuff, all these special events, when people get to show up, we get, we always have fun, you know. We, we did the Halloween thing. We got Friendsgiving come There's up. There's always and, so much laughter. Like, I yes. love how much you yeah. laugh. Absolutely. And there's t- times where, you know, things work out and we all get together for just a random, who gives a shit kind of an occasion. And that's fun. We, we come out, we enjoy the bonfire, we just have fun, we cut up, we'll have a drink or two. And, you know, when you have a, doesn't you don't need to have a whole bunch of friends. When you have that close circle of friends that you know you can trust, that you know you can count on. No matter what you're doing, when they're in the house or y'all are together, mm-hmm. everything's, nothing else matters. Everything's perfect. You're having a great time. Shout out to our family. Blake, Chesney, I mean, Will, <laughs> obviously. Ben. Um, yep. Ben couldn't be here, but we still love him. Chesney, I already said uh, Chesney. Michael and Whitney. I was going to say, um, Whitney and Isaiah were here. Michael yeah, had to work. But he would have been here. Mm-hmm. I mean, we truly are blessed. And, like, again, you know, again, we're going to get to do something else even better with our friends and family going to AEW. That's going to be one for the memories. We're going to be taking so much pictures, so many videos. We're probably not going to have voices the next day. <coughs> it's going to be. Yeah, and we had talked about recording some on Halloween, but it was one of those situations where... I don't, we didn't even think about it. No, we just well, had too much fun. We didn't think about it, and two, we weren't... We weren't always up each other's ass. We were, yeah. Some you know, were in front. We some right. were back. Some were trick or treating. Some were, yeah, walking around the neighborhood, trick or treating with the kids, or you know, doing this, doing that. Uh, 
I had to run back to Lowe's to get another one of those bonfire logs because they're absolutely badass Amazing. and that's the only thing we'll ever use. Should we talk about our new podcast? That's a great idea, Jason. <laughs> I mean, I just thought I'd bring it up, Josh. I mean, hey. Uh, yeah, last week we kind of talked about maybe doing something. Then we talked off air recording. Off, it's off air, yeah. Off cast. I don't know what the fuck you would call it. Uh, we actually talked about it, and Josh wound up downloading this fine, wonderful Anchor app. Love Anchor. Y'all guys are awesome. And uh, we're going to start another podcast. Uh, not 100% sure how it's going to go, what it's going to be. I think that may be our... Potpourri-type podcast. Potpourri-type podcast, like we said last week when Emily looked at me weird. I just listened to the podcast today, so I'm all this stuff. <laughs> Potpourri. Potpourri, yeah. That was a category on Jeopardy, where and the questions could be about any and everything. So this podcast is going to be kind of like it. It'll be everything but wrestling, though. No wrestling on this podcast. I mean, you get us together, we'll probably wind up talking wrestling. Y'all are going to talk about wrestling. Yeah, okay, we'll we'll bring up wrestling, but it won't be specifically centered on wrestling. And And Joshua, what would be the name of this fine podcast we're speaking of? Well, the first name I had in mind was already taken, but we thought of a great one. Because when we do these podcasts, we go off the rails so damn much. The name of this podcast is going to be called Verbal Derailment. Who came up with the name of that one? He did. That's damn right I did. <laughs> My Mine was off the rails, but of course it was taken. Whoever has that podcast name, you're a fucking asshole. There was like three or four of them. <laughs> I, <laughs> like literally... I searched on like three of the different it's podcast nice apps. I'm working my asses off and y'all are, you know, naming podcasts. It's cool. I'm working my ass off too. It's great. I mean, babe, you know how busy I was today. I was busy How busy too. I was yesterday. I worked 13 hours yesterday. 13 hours. And 11 hours today. 11 today. That's 24 hours. I put in three days work in two days. Because you love me. And I'm going to have to work Saturday. You have to work Saturday? I have to work Saturday. Mm-hmm. Sad. Hey, but another kind of half pop I can give, uh, I actually got to talk to Tyler Gasaway yesterday. Oh, nice. He had a baby. He had a baby. Yes. Congratulations, Tyler and Allie. He, Allie, uh, Allie, 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 Allie. He uh, messaged me and Ben in a group chat. So from right before I got off work until just a little bit before I got home, I was talking to Ben and Tyler. I, you know, got to tell him how much we missed him and loved him and everything. And he said uh, he should be getting back to the show pretty soon. He's been taking time away from work and the show to spend time with the baby. And yeah. Said, you know, hey, we'll have to get together and everything whenever he gets back to the show. So I'll wind up going to RCW and hanging out a time or two before I actually start wrestling again just to yeah. say hey to everybody. Might need to bring out some, uh, well, probably not bring out, but buy some new ref pants so I can start refing again. <laughs> yeah, because you ain't fitting in them old ones. No, the fuck I ain't. I barely <laughs> can fit in them. You fit in them then. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but yeah, he, uh, Said the podcast, he was enjoying the podcast. He said it was sounding good, so thank you, Tyler. Thank you, Tyler. And uh, 
you know, like Tyler, if you guys want to get in touch with us, you can message us on, you know, Will, Josh, or Jennifer's Facebook. Uh, send us a message on Twitter at shit underscore indie 83. Uh, tell us you like us, tell us you hate us, tell us to fuck off. I don't care. Just tell us something. Hey, if you want to tell us to fuck off, send us a message. We'll put it in the link. Yeah, we'll send out the message link again. We tried to send it to Will for him to... He said it wasn't Where working. he could record his top five and send it to us, but he said it wasn't working for some reason. So, so we'll have to get a look on that. We'll figure out what the hell's going on with that. But, uh, yeah, like I say every week, hopefully you guys are enjoying it because we're enjoying getting here and, you know, talking to each other and having you guys kind of listen in, you weird stalker-ass people. Yeah. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, thank you all for listening. Uh, we love you guys. Even if we don't like you, we love you anyway. So uh, for the Turn the Buckle podcast, I am Jason Hampton. Josh Cox. Lady Hampton. From across the room, Lady Hampton getting there. Will Cox sends his glass in the work dungeon. Peace out, fuckers. Daughter Hampton said goodbye, too. Peace out, fuckers. <laughs>